So we all have wants and needs. And this whole Ethical Seduction podcast, the whole series, is about helping you get your wants and your needs met. And that, you know, finding cool people who you're attracted to, who you really like, and then being able to get them to, to like you, to be attracted to you as well. So, but I'll tell you, like, personally, like, I have uh, struggled in the past with, like, you know, what are my wants and needs and getting them met. And, and sometimes it's, like, because I didn't understand exactly what those wants and needs were. And that's kind of a separate issue. We can talk about that another time. But in this case for today, it's like, but when you know what it is that you actually want, then how do you go about getting it? And then that can be stifling for a lot of people. But don't worry, Brandy and I are here today and we're gonna walk you through our, our easy two-step process to ask people for what it is that you want and to be able to get it. And that's it, just two steps. So like, what could be easier? So, but the important thing is that you learn like how to get your wants and needs met. And that's what's coming up on today's show. Hello, I'm Steven and welcome to Ethical Seduction. As a sex positive educator and volunteer serving our local Nashville Kinky Community Center, I noticed that some people were struggling to attract the types of people that they desired so I started Ethical Seduction as a way to help others create authentic connections with whomever they chose. So flirting and seduction skills matter. They can transform your life and they can benefit everyone around you. Ethical Seduction is here to help you live the life you want with the people you want. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Stephen, and today I'm here with my fellow sexy, kinky, fun, relationship educator, Brandy. Hello. How are you doing, Brandy? You good? I mean, I'm fine. I've been sick as, I've been, yeah, I'm fine. Sick you as a dog. You might hear me be uh, sick as a dog. Two dogs. I've been sick as two dogs. You, no, so you might hear me being a little stuffy and having a cold and and so, yeah, but I'm I'm here ready to do the podcast. This is this is a highlight to my weeks of being sick. Okay, that, that's good. Yeah, you have been sick a while. You have been so. I, I hope you. I hope you shake it. Thanks. So. I'm working on it. Yeah, that's that's one of my wants and needs is to shake this illness. So when you initially, uh, I did. You know, my, my first thing I thought when you were reading that was, yeah, I wanted to to, to acknowledge that wants and needs can change, and like how certainly in the past, you know. 15 years, how my wants and needs have changed um, in regards to friendships and what I want from those and relationships and all that. And so to think that what you want and need today is going to be the same five years from now, be prepared for it not to be. And that's totally fine. You just have to be honest with yourself and figure out um, what those wants and needs are at the time. But your wants and needs are going to change. And, and is that... I assume you think that's from growth, like as you grow as a person. I think, yeah, it's, you can even, you can say growth. You can also just say change, right? I'm a, I'm a different version of myself today than I was last year or three years ago and certainly 10 years ago. And so as you develop or change um, as a person, your wants and needs are going to as well. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I kind of like to think of it as growth in the sense of, at least for me, it's like, there's a lot of stuff that I know about and can do now that, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, I had just had no idea. I didn't have the experience level. I wasn't 
maybe ask, I wasn't aware of certain questions to ask, you know, or certain issues. And so mm -hmm. I feel like over time, you know, as we explore life, you know, and, and go through things, it's like you start to figure out kind of like what you're saying, like what is important. Well, and there's been times like, uh, you know, in the past, as an example, I used to do music on the side as a hobby. And then I started this podcast and that just replaced it, you know, it just kind of, mm -hmm. because it's still, it's the creative kind of thing, but it totally changed that. And I, it, it's kind of funny that it did sort of change overnight, like what my interests were and what I wanted to kind of invest in. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I have been wrestling with some, like, I think I've told you this before too. Like I'm realizing like I need to be around like my community more, you know, that I have mm -hmm. accidentally been a little isolated at times or behind the computer too much, whatever. And I'm realizing like, okay, I I'm starting to feel that as a problem. And then I'm going, oh, okay, I need to get out more. I need to go, you know, hang out with people mm -hmm. and make, have a little bit more free time and, and focus on that. So, mm -hmm. so Brandy, we have really, this is, uh, you know, for how do you, the secret to getting what you want I think really comes down to like two major, two major steps, right? Um, which is really establishing a foundation, which I'm going to say is really a foundation of trust. And then the second part though, is, is like asking for what you want. And so that sounds real easy. And of course it's like, okay, yeah, but it's like, how do you, how do you actually go through and do that? So I wanted to kind of, you know, go through with you about like establishing that trust. Like, how do you do that? Because mm -hmm. I think that, I think that's the real secret. If you don't make that foundation, then you're not able to go ask for anything. You know, it's like you right. have to have that. So I would argue though, even before you, you try to build your foundation, you have to know what you want and need, right? So you have to do some work and figure out what it is exactly that you, you want and need so that then you can build that foundation to then be eventually comfortable asking for those things. So kind of a question, how do you figure out what you want and need? I think that's a self that takes a, a lot of self-reflection and being honest with yourself and being like, okay, do, do I want a serious relationship or does it just sound nice? Or do I want something where I see them once every two weeks for a couple hours? Like you just, and it's, it's only, you're only going to be fair to yourself and the people that, that you bring into your orbit. Mm -hmm. If you figure out what your wants and needs are before um, getting people involved. So that just requires self-reflection and being honest with yourself. So, what I tend to do a lot of times, okay, and I think this is my training because like my my day job is doing architecture, right? And so in architecture school, everybody's design is different, right? So they end up, what the professors would do is they kind of come around and they'd look at your design and then they don't say, hey, that's great. Instead, they like look for the things that don't work. You're like, what are the areas that need, that you need to improve? So if you have like windows laid out or whatever, it's like, okay, great. If that's balanced and if, you know, wonderful. But if they look at something and it's like, Hey, this wall, you know, it's just, it's missing something or it doesn't, you know, why are you doing this? If they, they find those areas and then you identify basically the problem, you know, and then it's like, okay, they don't tell you what to do. Go. That's, that's the problem. Go work on that, you know, come in. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think because of that training, potentially, I do that all the time with myself, like where I'm just saying, like, as an example where, where I'm like, things are not right and I'm feeling stress and tension at times. And then I personally, I'll be like, okay, you know, I'll, I can reflect a little bit and be like, 
what am I feeling? Like what is causing the stress and the tension? And usually I'll be able to kind of figure it out on my own. You know, I, I sometimes mm -hmm. I think like we might not, it's hard to know like really deep down, like what is this thing that's like really kind of, you know, pushing you. But I think that the self-reflection is, is good. Do you have certain things that you tend to do? Like, how do you, how do you do your own reflection to figure out what your wants and needs are? Well, I think it's more just being really honest with myself in my, in my own quiet time. I'll give an example of, um, you know, there was a period of time where I didn't want anything serious with anyone, but I just wanted to have a lot of fun. And that can be a, a negative thing and it can be viewed negatively. And I just had to be like, this is where I'm at. And I just want to have fun with a lot of different people. Um, and that's the stage I'm in. And so even something like that was hard to admit, mm -hmm. but it was the right thing to do so that when I did meet people, we could meet on the same level. I didn't deceive them. Mm -hmm. I didn't um, manipulate them into a situation that maybe they wanted more and I didn't. Um, and so it was just getting really honest with myself and being like, yeah, I know that right now this is what I, I want and this this other thing is what I don't want. And so what gets what gets a little bit harder about it is when you feel bad about what you want, right? And in that moment, I felt bad, like maybe I wasn't, that that was something I, I wasn't supposed to want, to just go have fun and keep it casual. Um, and so you kind of have to wrestle with that a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that is just a different process for everyone. It's interesting you saying about like the the having fun. Because that, mm -hmm. that is exactly like where I've landed where I am right now because I'm sitting there going like, you know, I've got my, my work, my day job, um, helping my mom with some stuff. I've got time with my mm -hmm. daughter. I volunteer at the Mark CPI, um, do this podcast, you know, and, and then also try to spend some time with friends. And one of the things mm -hmm. I found is like, I'm so busy doing things I care about and like, but it's like so much. And I'm going like, I'm, I'm not actually spending enough time doing fun things with friends, yeah. you know? And so yeah. I, so that is, that is part of self-care. Right. And I think my younger self, you know, like you were talking about earlier, my younger self, um, I like when I first had kids, we, we were, I'm going to say kind of like maybe helicopter parents or something like that. And we did so much like for those kids and that was wonderful. And then it was like reading a book and I'm realizing like, Oh, I'm not doing the self-care. I'm not taking enough time for, for myself. And it's like, if you don't take enough time for yourself, you're not going to be there to be able to have time and energy for other people. So mm -hmm. I, I'm in some ways, 20 years later, as my kids have grown up, it's like, I'm still wrestling with the same thing. I could very easily like get too involved mm -hmm. in, in, in things that I care about and like, but then mm -hmm. sometimes I'm a little, you know, I shortchange some of that fun aspect. And so I think that is, that's a good point. It's important to do like that. That's part of self-care. Well, yeah. And I think um, my personality traits, which might be the same as yours, I'm not sure, is I, I, I enjoy like acts of service and being of need. Mm -hmm. And so if someone says, Brandy, I would really like you to be at this event or Brandy, I need you to help with this. I will bend over backwards to do that. Even if it's detrimental to me and I'm like, oh, I really need that time for self-care. Mm -hmm. I just and sometimes you can overextend yourself. Mm -hmm. Um yeah. Anyway, so you just have to really be in tune with yourself and do like a, even if it's like a daily check in on where you're at and what you need and want. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, well, let's talk about establishing trust, right? Because let's, I want to think about this way. Like you go and you meet somebody for the very first time. Um, you, maybe you're trying to meet them for romantic reasons, you know, to, to find a date or to find a play partner or something like that. But also just in general, I mean, I meet people usually when I meet people now, I don't try to make an agenda. It's, it's like, I enjoy meeting people and I want to find out about them. And, and then I can see like, how do we overlap? You know, do we have, do we overlap in a say romantic way? Or is it like, which, you know, you, you can't do that with everybody. Most of the people you're going to meet, you're not going to mm -hmm. overlap in a romantic way, but you very well could be like friends or you very well could mm -hmm. be, you know, have something else that you share in common. So when, when we first meet people, I don't think it matters if it's like meeting somebody and as a friend or as romantic interest, like you still have to like establish that, that trust. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm going to say like it's safety and trust. And then also kind of building your reputation to me, those are like maybe the, the trinity of like the main things that you end up trying to do. How do you, when you're first meeting somebody, do you have, like, how do you start to set up that safety, trust, reputation, or what is your approach when you're first starting to meet somebody? So, my approach is, um, I, I try to just have a, a warm yet blunt and realistic, um, personality, right? I, I try to present myself as authentically as I can so that they know what they're getting. And, um, but then more so I try to assess their safety. Um, and if, and it, it's really these, these subtle ways that, that someone can maneuver in a relationship or a behavior that they do, that means a lot. Like if, if they start, if I start to feel like they're, they're pressuring me or they have an expectation for the meeting, then automatically um, you've you've already um, I've, I feel less safe um, mm -hmm. and less secure, and like there's just less trust. You know, if you're if you're coming on too strong, if you will. Yeah. So I think a lot of it is going into those situations with no expectations. You can be hopeful, certainly. That's fine. You can be optimistic and um, put your best foot forward, but. If you go into it with expectations like, oh, I'm, I hope that I get a second date or I hope that we go back to their place or something like that, anything like that, it just clouds the way that you authentically communicate. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, that that will break down the trust aspect. Yeah. I, you, you, generally speaking, you know, there's different ways to approach people. One, one would be like, say, the direct way, like walk up and be like, hi, I'm Steven and I really like... I don't know. It sounds dumb. I really like your hair. And then you just do the, like, I'm interested in you. And you kind of do it that way. Very direct. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think more often than not, I'm really more uh, probably an advocate of, I'm going to say more of an indirect method, which means like, mm -hmm. you don't just walk up and like, I'm interested in you because you don't necessarily know this other person if it is like the first time you've met. Right. So it's more like, I think you can approach it with like having in the back of your mind, curiosity. And like you say, maybe hope, but it's more of like just having a conversation and just talking. And I, and I feel like if you do that, that is starting out, you, you could have say the goal of like finding romantic interest. That could be your, sure. your goal. But I think still, if you approach the person and you're not trying to hit on them, but you're just trying to connect with them, then that starts to create that safety and that trust and, and make a reputation for yourself. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I don't. I can't remember any interaction I've had where someone's come on too strong. And I remember that playing out positively short term or long term. It's just. You mean coming on strong usually does not pan out? Is that what you're saying? It doesn't pan out. Yeah. It just does not. I can't give any examples of when in my situations where that has ever panned out favorably. Is, is that too strong? Now I'm, I'm just kind of curious. Do you feel like that's because it's when the person's coming on and they are sort of real direct and like, but it's maybe not authentic and it's slightly pushy and slightly unsafe? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it is. When is it the unsafe you, there's part? There's a difference in being there's a difference in being direct um, and to the point, and then just being pushy, and uh, and then that turning into to pressure. Yeah. On a situation. Yeah. So I want to do at some point an episode or, or in general, talk about like sort of dominance and confidence, you know, that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. especially with guys, it's like, oh, you know, you have to be, you have to have that persona in order to be attractive, you know, and not true. But the other thing is like, Mm -hmm. if you come in and you're being pushy, that is not dominance. And that is not like confidence you know that is i would say that's more of a sign of i don't want to say desperation but it's a sign of like it, it is you're you're trying real hard right and it sort of shows that way and i feel like it ends up backfiring mm-hmm. and i th- right. I, I tend to think like i don't want to say not caring but like coming in with it like a curiosity aspect is a better mm-hmm. more at least for me feels more dominant more natural of like I don't have an agenda. I'm just literally here to discover who you are. Mm-hmm. And then and then if I like you, I will tell you that I like you. Right. I'm just here to see if we click in whatever way that is, whether it's friendship or romantic. Yeah. But I'm not here to force that click to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes people try to force the click to happen. And then that's when it goes. It can go. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think good news for those of you who are listening, who everybody's got different like flirting styles. And so if you're one of the people who I think most of us are, where it's like, I don't like to walk up and be totally direct because it just feels weird. Right. I, I think, I feel like the good news is that like the indirect style to me often works really well because you're starting off with that foundation. You know, you're, you're approaching somebody and you're interested in them, but you're not, you don't necessarily know how, so you're not just come in and do it, pick up lines and, you know, shit like that. But you're starting, mm-hmm. you're being authentic, right? And you can, mm-hmm. you can be a little nervous or whatever, you know? And again, that can play to your, what's the right word? Play to your advantage, we'll say, because it's honest, you know, and it's showing like mm-hmm. how you are. And that helps develop that safety and trust and that reputation. And, and I, I want to say this too, like we talk about trust and nobody thinks of trust as, cool or sexy or whatever. And if you look through our past episodes, the ones that get uh-huh. the least amount of clicks is are the ones that deal about trust, right? Because it's boring. It's not as exciting. Mm-hmm. Okay. And mm-hmm. trust, trust is is the attractive, is an attractive mm-hmm. trait. And people do not count that. They don't give it enough credit, you know? And if you can come in and make somebody feel safe and well, I was doing this with coaching somebody where, and I think I might have talked about this once in the past. And this person, we figure out their there's their superhero power is like they can talk to people and they feel safe around them and therefore people open up to them. I'm going like, that is the greatest thing possible. You know, you're mm-hmm. going to have people telling you mm-hmm. all kinds of things that they want that you can like help them explore or give, you know, go do things with them. It's like a wonderful thing. And it's all based around trust because that person, you know, you're allowing people to feel comfortable opening up to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, I was, the, what I was thinking was about, I mean, you talked about how our episodes on trust get the least views or the least listens. I think that's because people equate trust um, and they, or they think trust and they think loyalty or fidelity versus, oh, if I, if I trust you, I trust you not to cheat versus, but trust is so much more than, than trusting you to, to, to honor the, the commitment that we've made in our relationship or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it could be a friendship where I, I, Steve and I tell you something and I trust you to not share that with someone else. Yeah. Right. It has nothing to do with um, cheating on anyone. And, right. And so I understand how trust can kind of seem boring, if, if anything, maybe a heavy topic. But it's so, so important um, in life just for friendships and romantic encounters that uh, I hate that it gets like a, a negative um, connotation. But yeah, it's it's a really genuine thing to have with someone if you have it yeah. and I've never it's never been something that I'm like oh I, I wish I hadn't trusted them like if it's like oh if someone's listening to this and they think well I did trust someone and they betrayed my trust that's horrible and I'm sorry they did that mm-hmm. um, but this it is almost like a learning lesson for you to be like how do I process through when I give someone my trust and then I feel like that they have not honored that the way they should. Um, but it is, it really is a special thing if you can give that to people. I mean, it's not always easy to do. Yeah. I, and I would, I would almost encourage people like that's, if you're listening to the show and there's one thing you try to learn, it's like from, from all this, if you're able to give that person to like the space to feel comfortable to where they can open up in front of you mm-hmm. and you're not going to be judgmental about them. And when you see them, you're going to, at the very least be respectful, you know, but, but if they do something cool and that they're scared about and you'd like that, that is hugely empowering to them, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. you're going to have so much attraction going on based on that. And it doesn't necessarily have to be sexual attraction, right? It could just be like, in some ways, I always think of teachers and students, you know, that we have an attraction to the teacher, the person who has the knowledge that can benefit us, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. not a sexual attraction, but it's like, we, we value being around people that can make our lives better, you know? Right. We can learn things from them and yeah. And we comfortable asking them questions and they won't judge us. Yeah. Um, Right. Right. mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's a huge gift to, to be able to, part of it is like to be able to, be vulnerable and be seen as you actually are, you know? And so, yeah, to, to allow people to do that. And, and I would mm-hmm. say with my, with my personal style, I mean, you kind of know this too, like for play, which, which gets into like pl- what play and sex and intimacy and, and connection and relationships. And is all like, uh, I don't, I feel like I don't necessarily push. I feel like I am the, the opposite of like, I tried not to do very much at all. And if I just like sit back and, and give you a safe space you'll just open up and all this mm-hmm. like great mm-hmm. fun kinky stuff will come out of it mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. but it's not like oh i'm pushing for things you know i think very often um just getting out of the other person's way and letting them be who they want to be huge huge gift yeah huge gift, so. and i can also speak to um you know when you try to be someone you're not mm-hmm. y'all that doesn't work um, it will not get you far at all. You will eventually just, you know, in a, in a genuine way, if I'm like, oh, I'm going to try to be this peppy, positive person. I'm not that. I'm very realistic. And 
And so it just, it, it becomes, it makes the situation much more work for you than enjoyment. Mm -hmm. And so I, I know that there is some discussion about the like fake it till you make it. And there, that's there, that holds some validity, but also you can't fake it too much, right? You still have to be true to your personality. And maybe if that means you need to, to blunt it a little bit, that's fine, but you can't act like someone you're not and then right. expect that you're going to get what you want in the end. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about how do you ask for what you want? That's a perfect segue. So I'll just, I'll let you roll Brandy. How do you get what you want? I mean, that was a difficult one for me. Well, how do you, you know, ask, like how do you ask for what you want? Like first you, like you were saying earlier, you have to know kind of in your head things that you want. Okay. Mm. But then how do you ask somebody about it? Because I think that's the terrifying part for a lot of people. You know, the very first step for me, Stephen, is being comfortable with my ask, not being comfortable asking the person, but I have to be comfortable with what I'm getting ready to ask. Like Stephen, if I'm going to say, Hey Stephen, you know, we always, we always go to breakfast, but I don't, I don't, I really don't like doing early mornings, you know, like I have to be comfortable with what I'm getting ready to ask, no matter who it's to. Um, and so you just, that's, that's the step one for me. So if I'm getting ready to go into, and I'm going to meet someone, a potential play partner, um, and I'm getting ready to, I want this certain type of kink, right? I want humi humiliation. I have to be comfortable wanting mm -hmm. that before I'm comfortable putting myself in a position to ask them that. Mm -hmm. And then the person can sense it too, if, if you're not, and that's okay if you're not completely comfortable, but you still have to be okay verbalizing it and asking it. That's step one. So a thought that I have with that, okay, is like probably mm -hmm. the, the breadcrumbing or testing the waters, right? If you have something mm -hmm. that you want to ask, like we'll say in your case, like your, your example of like, I want to try humiliation play. Um, and that can be scary. Like if you ask that to the other partner and they're like, what the hell is your problem? You know, it's like, that doesn't feel good. Right. So I think probably as a tip, it's like do the breadcrumbing, test the waters, put something small out there to, to, mm -hmm. to you know, to see how it's taken before you mm -hmm. take that bigger plunge and, and, and that bigger risk. And, uh, you know, and so at, make a smaller yeah. ask maybe. You think that's a good idea? Right. So instead of um, personalizing it to you, right? Like if I don't want someone to know yet, or I'm not comfortable revealing that I'm into humiliation play, but we've talked about fat life and, and the kink lifestyle and stuff. You can, you can just drop a question like, did you know that like, there's this whole thing where people like to be humiliated? Yeah. You know, what do you think or about have that? You heard, what do you think about that? And yeah. just kind of, you can, Fill them out on that before you're like, I would, I'm interested in that. And that's what I want to do. If, if mm -hmm. that's too much of a step and too vulnerable for you. Yeah. Do the break or anything. That's a, that's an excellent example. Steve. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I will say, I don't think that that's not being authentic. I feel like that's like, you're also, you're, you're checking in like, what is okay. You know, you're, you're, like, you're establishing I, trust along the way while yeah. doing the breadcrumbs. You really are. You're, you're seeing where, where they're at. And as they answer, you're developing the trust to then divulge. That's something I'm into. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's mm -hmm. not to say if you don't trust them to tell them that that's nothing negative on them. That's just saying you feel like, okay, this might not be the top the, the person that I want to tell this to. It yeah. doesn't mean you don't trust them. It's just might not be that type of person. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I would say part of that, you know, as a, a short summary is like, ask for the things you want, but if you're not sure about them, then play it a little safer, you know, ask for something that, that is a safer ask so that you can like test the water before you go in for that bigger item that you want. The, the other thing I thought about was like getting a no is not a bad thing or it, and maybe it's not a no, but getting like turned down or the person saying like, no, nah, I don't really want that. Or I'm, I can't give that to you, for example. Okay. Because I think like it, it can be, it can be hurtful to us, you know, to get that no, or, you know, especially if you're asking somebody out, whatever, and you get just turned down. Okay. But a lot, I think a better way to think of it is like, is, is that it's a guide, you know, so you're, you're having a conversation with this person to kind of find out like, what can you do? What can't you do? And so when they say no, or they say, no, I'm not into that, or I don't want to do that. Don't take it necessarily as a total rejection, but use it as, as kind of a guide to kind of learn about like, what are they after? And then you might be able to modify it, you know? So if in case of like Brandy was talking about humiliation play, I might come back and be like, you know, like, like, I don't, I don't think I'm into humiliation play, but then Brandy might be able to come back and ask more clarifying questions, you know, to me to have a little yeah. bit further discussion. That's not putting pressure on me. And it's like, well, you know, would you be into, I'm trying to think of a good example. Or I'd be like, oh, well, what is it about it that you don't think you like? What is, or yeah. have you tried it before? Like, you know, you can yeah. still ask questions to kind of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a great example because, you know, I might have said no at first, right? You don't want to be pushy and on the person, but when the when I say no, what what you're doing is like you're using that to have a further discussion to find out why I'm saying no, mm -hmm. right? And so a lot mm -hmm. of times coming what you learn from that whole conversation can lead you in a different place. You might find out that yeah, this is not a good fit for this person. They're not really in for you know, humiliation play, but mm -hmm. um but yeah, so I would say use yes and no. the other thing I heard real fast that no, from this was like a marketing person, and they were like, like saying no. People love to say no. It's got power behind it, you know, to like turn somebody down and be like no. And so this person was like, I like it when my customers say no because as a, like as a good salesperson, if you don't just try to sell somebody a product, you're trying to sell them something that is like a really good fit that they love because then it's gonna like if you only sell it to the people where it's a good fit, like you're going to have rave reviews and you're going to, you know, it's going to benefit you in the long run. Right. So it doesn't help anybody to sell somebody something that they don't, they don't like. So having these discussions with people and like finding out, is this really going to be a good fit as a sales technique is like, that's, that's good. You know, having those discussions when they say no, you know, you want to kind of learn, learn why you might be able to recommend something different that is a good fit for them. Or you might just be like, yeah, mm -hmm. this is not, not the right product from you. And right. I thought and, that was really, same with, well, like, yeah, when you interact with people, same, it's like, okay, if they're not into this and this is something I need and want, yeah, then this means then, then this changes how much energy and time and effort I'm probably going to give to this. Right. Yeah. It, it, that's just all information for you to work with, to know how to best, um, well, how to, it's really like how to, how to best communicate. Yeah. You know, cause yeah. that's what you're doing is you're trying to have a good conversation to mm -hmm. kind of, I'm going to say drill down to figure out, you know, mm -hmm. where do we overlap? How, how do you get your wants met? Can I do it? If I can't, if I can't meet your wants, then. Yeah. 
which is what we covered on the last episode, our changing relationship, you know, and there's that point where you're like, Steve, I'm going to need to see you a certain amount of time. And I was like, I don't know that I can give that to you right now. And Mm -hmm. it was like, okay, well then our relationship has to change. And that was not, that was not, there's not a bad thing. That was a pivot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was just a pivot. And then we, I think it's just how you handle that. And just as relationships and situations change, the things are, the dynamics around that will change. And that is how any relationship goes, people. That's how any friendship goes. When you are dealing with other, another person or people and they have their whole orbit of stuff going on, it will, it will not stay the same. Mm -hmm. You got to be okay with that. But I do want to speak real quick when you were talking about, if let's say you have the trust developed and you, you do verbalize your wants and needs, um, especially for someone like me, I, just any, it's a struggle with the feeling of rejection. I try to avoid it. Um, I, I'm much better at it now than I was years ago, but you, you have to be able to, to, to know if you put yourself in the position to where you could get a no you need to know how you will deal with it if you get a no. Um, and you need to be able to if, obviously deal with it in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. So if that means, okay, if if I'm going to hit on someone and I get a no or rejected, I need to be okay with that or know what my self-care is going to be if that happens. Yeah. That yeah. is just something you have to, no matter how much trust you build and how much you think that you know what they're going to say, ultimately you, they have all, they have stuff going on that, that you're not privy to. And so you need to be prepared for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it, yeah. If I will say, if I'm going to ask somebody out, I'm usually not going to ask them out until I know that the answer is going to be yes. Right. Cause I feel like if you're not sure, then you need to work more on those foundational elements, you know, of, of making that connection, you know? And, and so usually for me anyway, it's like by the, I just do that. Right. And then I, once I feel like, okay, I've got a good connection here, then I'll be like, and I actually like this person, then I will ask them to, you know, to go out or to play or to do something like that. Yeah. And I think there are a good amount of situations where that happens, but there's plenty of situations, Stephen, and I've been in them when um, someone's asked me and I've been like, Oh my gosh, like I'm, I was just being nice and, I was honestly just being friendly and I had no, I had, I I was blindsided by the question. You didn't Um, see them as a romantic type thing. Correct. Yeah. I didn't see them or we go, we, we meet up to go have a drink and I think it's just a casual thing and they show up like nicely dressed and all this. And I'm like, Oh man, I'm showing up after work in my scrubs, you know? Like, yeah. And, and so there are times where, those that just happens and so then you need to know how you're gonna to maneuver in those that's all okay so as a quick summary on how to ask for what you want i think there's really kind of two main things so we kind of covered one one is maybe the breadcrumbing or the testing things a little bit go with something that is if you're not sure about it go with something that is smaller and easier ask to kind of make sure that it's going to be safe and then go in for maybe your bigger ask uh and then the other thing is like if you get rejected or you get a no or you get we'll say some kind of not necessarily negative feedback but you don't get the answers you want like don't take that necessarily straight up as a criticism but more as like it's discussion you know and you want to find out why does this person say this and maybe that leads into further conversation 
and then you find out like how do we overlap and you know what what are can can we do this or not and if the person is not a good fit you don't want to force it so if they you know they're you're allowed to ask they're allowed to tell you no you know and if they say no you 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 respect it you, you can mm -hmm. have further conversation but you do respect a no yeah yeah and then the more important thing i think is just you know, the first step is just establishing trust, establishing that foundation of safety and trust and sort of, you know, starting to create a reputation for yourself of, of how you're going to be. And if you do that, you know, if you can establish a trust and ask for the things you want, you know, imagine like what you're going to have a better life, you know, and again, that's the whole reason we were doing the ethical seduction podcast is that we don't want you to sitting around waiting and hoping to kind of get these things, but we want you to be able to go out there and like, and, be able to ask for the things that you want, meet the people that you want, you know, find out, find the people that you're attracted to and, and attract them back to you. Also, I want to say when, when you have those situations where you get a no, the way you handle that sets you up for maybe down the, the road, things will line up and you all can reconnect or that person remembers you. And then if they have a friend or someone else, they're like, hey, I met this person. They were really cool, but we just didn't click. And they may be mentioning you to them. It's it's almost like a networking in a yeah, way. Yeah, it is. On how you handle handle those situations. Yeah, it is reputation. It's just, yeah, it's not just the one and done type of situation. Those build upon each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, when I met you, you know, and I wrote you that email and I was trying to go to a, a rope class to learn about ropes, right? And that's why I wrote, wrote Brandy. I was so nervous about it. And I wrote somebody else too that was on that, right? Didn't know either one of you. And you both turned me down. But like you turned me down and then we're like, but hey, come say hi to me. Listen, and, I have know. turned you down. I said I was busy <laughs> the first half of the class. Times, multiple I was times. The, the last two hours, I was free. <laughs> yeah. Half turned No, but down. you did. But you, you were like, hey, I can't. But, you know, mm. and then it was like, come say hi to me. And then that, you know, that, that got us talking. And then the other person was like the same kind of thing. Like, no, I'm not able to, I'm not going to be there whatever. And then like got me set up with uh, somebody else they knew, you know? So it was like, even though I kind of got turned down, just like you're talking about, it was almost like, I guess the way I asked or whatever was nice enough that they talked to their friend, you know? And yeah, so they were like, like, Hey, I'm already going with someone, but I have this other person that's coming. That's looking for a partner for, yeah, it, it all overlaps. Yeah. yeah. And that, that blew, when that happened, that blew me away. I mean, cause I was, I was terrified <laughs> sending that. Yeah. I just yeah. felt like there's, I don't know that you, you know, it's a total cold, whatever, cold call kind of thing. You know, it's like, I have no mm -hmm. connection to you. I'm going to look creepy. I don't want to look creepy. And anyway, so you did not look creepy. Well, I worked really <laughs> little tiny email. I worked really hard on it. So. Mm -hmm. But now I learned that you didn't even personalize it to me. You sent I that did message. Personalize did you it just to you. copy paste it? You just send it to like 10 different people, Stephen. See, I thought that's it was funny. a cur curated message for me. Hey, that is that's funny, but that's actually I'm a really getting, good I'm point. I'm just giving you a hard time. No, no, I'm that's a good point. Time. Okay. So the those two messages would have been fairly similar because there would have been a lot mm -hmm. of the same type of thing to say mm -hmm. about like, because I remember being like, I was giving you sort of references, like, hey, you know, I know these people. You might, you know, they would probably you know, I do have a reputation in the community, you know, for being safe and things like that. Um, and I forget what else, but I, I, but I did personalize it too. Cause I remember being like, I've seen you, we've met briefly or something like that, like said hi or something like that in passing. Mm -hmm. Um, and no, it wasn't, I had just seen you at one of the play parties, like from afar mm -hmm. or something like that, you know? And, but I, so there was things that I did 
make sure it was personalized. And I think I th you would even mention which play party it was. Uh, yeah, because I remember it might have been like Spanko or something. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Like you mentioned which play party yeah. it was, which yeah. made it personalized. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. There are, and it's kind of funny. It's like you don't want to just cut and paste, you know, blank things and send them out to 5 million people. But it's like, you know, there were certain elements that were the same in both of those emails, mm -hmm. but but I did personalize them too. Well, but and those elements that were the same way to were, call me out. were expressing. No, but let me hear me out though. The yeah. the elements that were the same were when you were expressing what you wanted, right? Because that didn't change from person to person. You still wanted a rope partner for that class. Same want. You know um, what? You know, if you reaching out yes. to two different people. Yeah. No, and if you but if you go back and look at that email, I bet you 80% of it is me establishing trust and safety and letting you say no and not putting pressure on you. Mm -hmm. And then the last 20% is like, so if you're interested, you know, I'm interested if you're free and available, I'd love to like go to this class with you and and do rope, you know. And and so that yeah. was that was the the ending part. That was the ask. The whole beginning part was Give, like not, I don't want to say giving myself credibility, but it was like trying to be authentic, tell you where I was coming from, why I'm, you know, cold yeah. writing you out of nowhere, you know, and, mm -hmm. and sort of presenting myself as building the trust by being, it was yeah. building trust by being vulnerable. It was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So No, that's true. Yeah. That's a great example. So, hey, I want to let everybody know that for a limited time, I'm letting people have a free attraction Kickstarter session. This is a free online virtual session where I can help you determine like, what your most attractive traits and qualities are. Because once you know what people like most about you and like why they value you, then you can put your best foot forward when meeting and flirting with those who you're attracted to. So right now I can offer this for free because while I'm going to be helping you become more attractive, I'm also going to get some really good feedback from it and I'm going to learn a lot. So everybody benefits, which I love. So again, this is just for a limited time, so please don't wait. But if you'd like me to help you determine what your most attractive traits are so that you can use them to meet the people you want, just go to ethicalseduction.com and request your free attraction Kickstarter call today. So if you like today's show, please remember to follow us so you get future episodes of Ethical Seduction. And if you have a friend who might benefit from it, then please feel free to share, share a link with them. And if you happen to listen on Apple Podcasts and you wanted to leave us a rating or review, that is wonderful. It helps us a lot. You know, we can read what you write there and that helps us like cater the show and tweak the show so we make better shows in the future. You can also follow us on social media at Ethical Seduction. We're on Instagram, Facebook, FetLife, and Reddit. And Brandy, hey, thanks a lot for, for joining me today. I know you've been getting over your cold, so I appreciate you taking the time to do this. And, You're uh, welcome. Yeah, that's great. So thank you, everybody. Remember to live the life that you want with the people that you want. Bye.